0: Yeah. Sure. Welcome to another installment of Show To Be With Mike G, the show of life, the show of Oaxaca, the show of Pozole, Verde, and so much more. You know, a lot of times before I have these mezcal tastings at the house, it's been quite nice to unite the community here in Austin, Texas. But I do some interviews before, you know, kind of get us riled up before we drink some mezcal and teach. and. I had some years ago interviewed Nikki Nakasawa from Neta on Instagram Live. I had met her previous to that, but I never had the like a chance to sit down and actually interview her, right? And so finally, her first time in Austin, first time at my place before a tasting, we sit down and talk about how she's doing, how Neta is doing, and just before we had an amazing turnout trying this tobala from Neta, this Cucharilla. It did such amazing marks. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Nikki Nakasawa from Netta Spirits. I don't know, Nikki, do you realize like you have a a following to some extent? (laughs) Have you ever ever thought about that? Not
1: really. (laughs) That's cool.
0: It's cool, man. Like once I announced it, because I've done these things at the house for years, you know. Some of our, our friends, Jason Cox is in town. Mm-hmm. Reed Spear from Quinta Quinto is a good mate of mine. And like, those took some time. Uh huh. This didn't take but like an hour <laughs> to, to like, okay, no more people can come. You know, like it was a really, really interesting thing. How was Chicago?
1: Chicago is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super intense, but really good.
0: Intense schedule-wise or intense uh, people?
1: Intense schedule-wise, So um, just a few days where I was kind of talking nonstop for, you know, eight to ten hours. And so by the end of the day, it was like nonverbal. I I think I left my phone um, in various places Mm -hmm. at least twice. So, you know, I was kind of in a state of like.
0: Do you like that? Do you like, you know, because it's not like you have to be on stage. I use air quotes Uh all the time. But when you know you got to be on and you're kind of, you're just like jet setting for four. This is the second.
1: This is a second
0: territory, week. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is do you like that part of it? Because a lot of it's out with the producers, the palenques, but then the other half is like you're kind of the face at some point too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, do so I like it? Yeah, I like uh, teaching, and I like you know talking to people who care. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Uh, I don't like the kind of door to door salesman part. Yeah, um, but it's part of it. Um, and then sometimes you're you're surprised and, and in good ways. Yes. And sometimes surprised in bad ways, too.
0: Yeah, I think it's an 80-20 split, 80% good.
1: 80% good. I would say even for, for me, it's really been 90% good. And then there's like a smaller percentage where, where you're really like, why are you being such a dick? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm here to teach you stuff. Oh, and, my
0: God. And pour yeah.
1: some really beautiful things. And I'm, you know...
0: Met with resistance and questions. Yeah. And I ask this because I interview a lot of people in the field of whiskey too. I, you know, I, I, I love women and I have different upbringing with a single mom and stuff. And like, so I'm, I'll am i do whatever I can. Not that you'll need my help, but I'll do whatever I can to put the women that I, that I think are the smartest ones. I want them to have the jobs. I want them to be the ones educating, you know. Uh-huh. In the world of Mezcal, it feels a little bit different than whiskey. Do you feel like there's any kind of sexism t- against women as brain ambassadors that doesn't just implicit already
1: um i don't know uh i i you know I, I don't know the world of whiskey um i think that there's uh sexism in every yeah, of field so uh yeah you know you're met with it in different ways um sometimes it's um more subtle than 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 other yeah. moments um but, yeah, certainly sexism is everywhere. <laughs>
0: it is everywhere. Actually, <laughs> as I look at some of my pictures on this wall. oh, It's mostly booze, though, let's be honest. It's mostly uh-huh. vintage, but you get Orson Welles over there. hes I don't know if he was like a noted sexist, but noted drunk for sure. Mm-hmm. Orson Welles certainly noted drunk. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the last time that we talked, actually, which was during shutdown, yeah. where everybody was kind of shifting and figuring out how to stay connected, how to keep brands going, all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, I'm real proud that we brought a batch of NETA to Texas. I'm glad that I got to, with Max, visit Don Celso. Amazing, kind of 360, you know, or 180 of the whole thing. But I realized I changed a lot in good ways, in good ways. That The shutdown made me realize a lot about myself. So as you had just like anywhere else, were there any things now, you know, we're, I, I can't say it's, a, it's over a year at least maybe. Is there anything that you, coming out of that, shutdown in this moment now maybe lately that you realize had changed within you
1: uh yeah i think that um a big part of the pandemic and the shutdown for me was shifting from thinking that um i wanted to spend more time or be back in mexico city mm-hmm. um to really embracing uh a life in oaxaca and Slowness, yeah. Um, Developing a deeper relationship to my uh, my surroundings, to nature, to myself. I'm being able to spend more time with myself. Um, Yeah, so I think that that, that those are all things that um, really shifted, and I guess I didn't quite notice how profound those shifts were until maybe. Even quite recently, so
0: it yeah. is like that. Uh huh. You start interacting with people different because yeah. maybe your lens is different now. You, mm-hmm. you see things with a different hue. As part of this, more connecting with nature. Obviously, once you get just out of Centro, it's quite peaceful and quiet. Uh-huh. And the plants talk. I'm very convinced they do. Oh, definitely they talk to us. Yeah, you know? but is meditation a piece of this equation for you? I know a lot of friends of mine have kind of taken it up. In the wake of very very busy schedules and the noise of the world,
1: mm-hmm. meditation is definitely part of my practice. Um, and then just spending time in different um, landscapes mm. in Oaxaca, and and those relationships have deepened. <laughs> so yeah, because I get to spend more time in those places, and um, yeah, and and see and experience how connected we are. So
0: yeah. Netta seems to be doing quite, quite well. You know, you come into town to do a tasting with me and, and most of the folks from a group that's on Facebook, which is really, good, as you'll see tonight, it's very promising. It's very encouraging because it's positive and people aren't judged. And I actually want to share this with you before I ask you on Netta is doing these days, but I had a tasting a couple of weeks ago with a mate of mine from Orahin rice Cameron, and a guy who was new to to the group and knew I'd never seen him at a tasting before, whether in the classroom or at my house. And he said, he looked at me and he said, why do you do this? And I looked at him and I had the, like, I know I had like, what the hell are you talking, what do you mean, why do I do this? And he said, well, like, but what's, what? why? And I said, well, because Mezcal must be enjoyed together. It's a community. And he told me, he said, you know, I'd been part of the whiskey world for, ages and no one ever invited me into their home and that's the difference Mm -hmm. right and so that's why it's so good to have you in town and why I'm so happy that people were excited about that though Mm -hmm. how's it been is it been quite busy I would imagine now things everybody feels like I guess like no one's looking over their shoulder anymore we're kind of moving forward united and business has been good
1: yeah the visits have been good um I think that Part of the pandemic, what that did was it slowed the rate of growth in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it also made it so that there was a lot of uh, you know visits that we were not able to do. So in some ways, I feel like I'm playing catch-up. Um, Texas being such an important um, market for agave and an important um, home to agave nerds like yourself yeah, right, and yeah, yeah. the agave community. Um, it's it's uh, weird that this is the first time I'm coming. Like, this is the first time I'm in Austin. It's the first I time. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I mean, I've I've never, you know, like I didn't really step out today because it was rainy and gross. Yeah, night, but rainy, um, right. but
0: yeah, I mean, we have to pick an intro song for you. Then this is like <laughs> we're, we're like unleashing Nikki. <laughs> yeah, this is this, this is this is amazing.
1: my this is my coming out party. Whoa, so, um Okay. I uh, yeah I uh, hadn't been to market in texas mm-hmm. so this first and then um also hadn't been in chicago so you know we've really been uh just in new york california and you know new mexico because that's where max, max is yeah. from um and, and then last year i did a little uh, a little work in in some of the southeast so went to atlanta um but yeah, things are things are going well. I think that there's still a lot um, of room for us to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sometimes, you know, there's an idea of you know how the brand's doing and what's going on because mm-hmm. of you know the the amount of content that comes out or or um, reviewers and all these things. But I mean, really, we're still talking about a very small.
0: Right. Yeah, amount like, of yeah, bottles this is not thousands. thousand no 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 anything, no you know?
1: so you know so uh you know it's still pretty modest and mm-hmm. we are trying to grow and we are trying to um especially kind of branch out and and and, and find um home in uh, texas and in illinois and some other spots where there are communities
0: that's right um
1: of people who love agave
0: and they'll embrace it
1: yeah, and who embrace it and who want to talk about it and who want to share it. And that's, you know, um, really important for us to reflect the values um, and the cultural space in which mezcal is produced in, mm-hmm. in the markets. So wherever there's, you know, wherever there's community, it's great.
0: Well, yeah, it's organic growth. That's yeah. kind of how I find mm-hmm. It's hard to get or- organic growth. In other categories i think rum maybe but it, it's still so so small brandy's mm-hmm. not a thing you know yeah
1: yeah.
0: Um, bourbon's weird because it's pay to play in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and so i think that that's why mezcal and actually I, I would go as far to say the only way that it truly can be enjoyed is with the community yeah you know when's the last time you drank alone at a palenque
1: yeah no never
0: like, ever never right it's an amazing thing when you're traveling around more now I feel like mescal knowledge, to some extent, has gotten a lot better among just people generally speaking. Are you seeing less challenges or less gaps in knowledge now as you kind of talk to people or is it the same as it was maybe two, three years ago?
1: Again, I don't really know how to measure it mm. because um, we haven't been in the market that much. And um, then there was a big gap yeah. over the pandemic, and you know you just see what people are writing in forums and stuff. I think um, what we're seeing is a lot more people coming to Oaxaca, mm-hmm. so I think that that helps fill in some of the gaps. But um, even so, uh, people continue to um, spread around misinformation, oh, or no. <laughs> so uh, so. I think that there's still a lot of bad information out there there's still a lot, of, a lot of surprisingly like so many bad articles about Mescal mm-hmm. where i'm like what are you talking about what is this based in like have you you know what research is this so
0: it's ai driven that's I'm yeah. convinced now it's Chat gpt like writing these articles
1: yeah i mean something i don't know it's very you know
0: it's just like a little off base right
1: well it's not even a little off base it's really off base <laughs> it's like i just you know it's just like straight up wrong yeah um, so yeah, I mean I, I, th- I think that I still find people who um, come to the spirit um, or come to you know what we're pouring with a very um, clear sense in their minds of what it should taste like or mm-hmm, what it's mm-hmm. going to taste like without being open to experiencing it and yeah um, So uh, yeah and, and I think that you know marketing and brands um, still, make a big um, splash in people's minds. and
0: uh. It does. And, you know, I was talking about Chopped, which, did, you know, I explained what Chopped was to you, but maybe some mm-hmm. other people listening might, might know it. it is a good, I like the show and I like cooking. And But today I saw an ingredient that I never thought I would see on Chopped. And I saw sal de gasano <laughs> in the dessert round. And I was like, has Oaxaca like made it now? Because I've th- this week coincidentally, which we're just starting off only Tuesday, I'd seen already a few comments from people saying, "Well, Hawk has changed. So many more people are coming here." Which is that, at least the people coming there, that's certainly true. And then a couple of the folks, actually the whole staff from Roosevelt Room and Cocktail Spot here in Austin, really lauded and, and awarded. They're out there right now, and when we're in Menis and stuff yesterday, and, and I don't worry about, I don't live there, so I'm not worried about that, right? I'm not going to protect the place you live, right? Maybe Austin. But do you think, is is Oaxaca really in threat of changing that much to losing the vibe, losing the romance that it has, or at least that I remember it having?
1: Um, I think that, yeah. I mean, I think that tourism is destructive Mm -hmm. um, in in a lot of ways. Um, And, uh especially when there aren't policies to protect um, the folks who live there. So certainly what we're seeing is um, difficult. Um, there is a uh, evacuation of the downtown of the, of the historic district of Oaxaca um, and in the sense that there's less People who are able to live there oh, and there's see, more and more you know businesses and restaurants um, and so when folks don't live in the place anymore then it becomes this like weird mall mm-hmm. um, oh, and so right. wow. you know I think that um, Oaxaca the state is in- incredibly diverse and there's so many um, things including you know the diversity of cultures and peoples and also landscapes that that act to protect um, I don't know the integrity of of mm. the place but i think that the city um Oaxaca Mexico City cities are 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 struggling in in parts of the city mm-hmm. <laughs> not you know and Oaxaca is so small yeah right um the city itself the downtown part yeah and the historic center so um yeah i mean i think it's uh, it's definitely changed um I yeah I don't know um, what there is to do about it if the city government or the government in general doesn't do something mm-hmm. to <laughs> prevent um, rents from skyrocketing and um, same
0: story here honestly yeah. you know or in many maybe.
1: it's a it's a global phenomenon I think um, yeah. with Airbnb sure we don't have Uber but um, but Airbnb certainly has um, you know destroyed. Um, many cities Mm -hmm. so
0: it's yeah there's a longer conversation to be had about that i mean i can be on the one side because i don't own any property so Uh i never i never thought of owning something to make i never thought of owning a place to make money off of it Mm -hmm. that never occurred to me Mm -hmm. making art to maybe enrich myself financially that i made that's different to me Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know but you know actually that kind of brings up a question because i don't know this about you but I know you went to school with the mate of mine, Drew. He was a massive agave fan, Drew Jordan, and in, mm-hmm. in Chicago. And you are a f- if, and I hate to make this binary, but if, there, if, if these two options aren't good, tell me, tell me a third one. But you are an artist, or are you a philosopher?
1: <laughs> I am me. I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just <laughs> no. I I
0: don't,
1: I don't really know whether I identify with either either yeah. of those things. I mean, uh, I.
0: Uh, you know, you I, do you draw. I know you're a writer, and I know you've done events and curated wine tasting, uh-huh. a lot of tasting. Do you write? Do you paint? Do you sing?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I do. I've done a bunch of different things over the course of my career, mm-hmm. which have, um, you know, included, uh, um, promoting music, making music. Uh, curating art shows, mm-hmm. um, not making art so much these days, or, you know, it's not It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, doing some writing, but yeah, it's been encompassed a lot of different creative fields.
0: Does Mescal, the category of the place of In Oaxaca, does that feel like the convergence of all of the, the passions that you had separately into one thing?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that... Um, definitely mezcal um encompasses uh, a lot of my interests and joins together you know things like my passion and interest in history mm. and um culture and um and uh biology biodiversity ecology um so yeah
0: it it, it happens like that it's kind of weird how it- maybe at first it seems a little more demure like it's just well this is a spirit and i like drinking it because like the way it makes me feel Mm -hmm. but then you're like but it makes me feel like i'm somewhere else (laughs) and then you go right like yeah
1: i think that for me it really didn't start through drinking it necessarily it was like um i was working with farmers Mm. so uh you know when i started i had this uh, pop-up in mexico city and so we were cooking and producing and and sourcing from local farmers, and so, um, you know, part of it was drinking it, and it's obviously sublime spirits that are coming from um, from Logoche. Um, but it was also just meeting, meeting the producers and also understanding and like, you know, stepping into mm. uh, a really different um, way of thinking about um, the landscape, about work, um, about life. Hmm. Um, and so I think that that was, you know, what really was like the whole thing.
0: Yeah. That uh, was when it, compelling. It, it Well, compelling at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Kind of life changing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. So given metropolitan living that you might have done in Mexico City and then what might be more agrarian living. In in Oaxaca, not that I, th- I think you live. I live in the downtown. city. Yeah yeah, 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 but um, but knowing that those two tempos exist, do you need both to have balance, or does one ring a little more important to you than the other?
1: Well, like I was saying earlier, I think that um, you know. I am somebody who has been raised in in you know, urban environments and um, calibrated to an urban tempo, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what happened over the pandemic was that in some ways I um, shifted tempos or something. I see. Um, and so now I find myself you know, enjoying the forays into the city and the time spent mm-hmm. in, in, in cities, but I really miss not being there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really I really miss um, landscapes, I really miss places, I really miss Ogoche, I really mm-hmm. miss, um, yeah uh like dirt like yeah, literally dirt. like just like <laughs> and like rocks and uh, certain landscapes but like I have a special kind of affinity for mountains and um, minerals and- yeah so I think um yeah it, it definitely for me now it's really shifted and I didn't you know I didn't foresee that really mm. but that's that's where I'm at today
0: does it also kind of like, when Homer Simpson sits on the butterfly in the past and it changes the future forever, kind of thing. What is, what is that? There's a Ray Bradbury story, something about a butterfly. Butterfly, if I like this, another movie. Anyway, I'm getting I'm into getting <laughs> it. The sound in the now f- oh, that's William Faulkner. Anyway, sorry, that's not the point. The point is now that maybe you're letting and desiring more quiet into your life, does that then kind of change the trajectory of other things that you thought you wanted to do as you got older? Or does it even take that much of a toll on what might be your future?
1: Mm. I don't know. I don't know whether I had really, like, thought that far ahead, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. <Yeah. laughs>
0: I, I don't. I just, I'm making another year, we're in good shape.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, for, for, it's been a long time that I kind of decided that I was going to always be in Mexico. I mean, yeah. obviously things could shift, but I'm certainly not planning on moving back to the states ever so yeah. oh i didn't know that <laughs> um everybody
0: better get the, get that in their head right now yeah. nikki is not moving back to the states
1: well, it's been 15, you know almost 16 years in mexico yeah. so i think that you know there was maybe a point where i was like oh maybe i'll you know move to new york
0: or i'll mm-hmm.
1: be in la or I'll be somewhere and now it's like really no
0: now no yeah that's i think that's a great thing to know uh-huh. It's like a boundary almost, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like, nah, states. Nah. How long did it take to get all formalized and get? I don't know if it's a, a permanent visa or what they might call it there. But how how long did that process take?
1: Uh, it didn't take long. Um, I had my I got my first visa like after a year.
0: Mm. So that's not too 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 bad. Is, is it's a renewal thing every?
1: Yeah, I mean initially you have to renew it um, every year, and then after five years and you can get a permanent um, oh. residency so
0: that's great yeah uh, and i've never asked this and you don't have to answer this but it's not do you f- i'm i'm one that my family exists i have a very small family like three people in my family yeah my kids are the things that I create they're the products it's all those soil plants in my driveway like the things that, that, that become something you know that's what i take pleasure in but the concept of starting a family or anything is that something that interests you yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. You have maternal instincts? Because <laughs> I, I do right. not. I don't I don't have <laughs> maternal instincts at all. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to nurture for sure.
0: That's great. Uh-huh. So a couple questions left for you because I just really wanted to catch up and I wanted people to to hear your voice before we go. Like this is, you know, in the green room before you go out and like perform on stage oh, there. The, oh my God. Something oh my God. like that. Uh-huh. Bottled water, a lot of mezcal and all of that. But do you think... Mescal is that I know there's a human risk, of course. Uh, exploit exploiting mescaleros, exploiting the land. Do you think that there's been irreparable damage given the growth of mescal that it can't return to what it might have been? I don't know. Let's say seven years ago, which was something that's a little less over harvesting, a little less toll on the land.
1: Mm, I don't think we're at a point where it's like you know the tipping point. Mm quite yet um again i really really like have a. sometimes i have a hard time answering this question because the way that we work is so it's different different and i'm not i don't know a lot about what these other players are doing Mm -hmm. um Mm. and i don't work in an area where you really see the ecological impact of what they're doing because i'm you know we're far out um by in in miwatlan um and so i see other you know other things yeah i think that you know climate change is bigger i mean i don't know like i i just um yeah i I don't know
0: really it's yeah i think that i have the the privilege of being able to zoom out a little bit because of all the brands i work with and the people and i you know do you how about this though here's another way to put it even outside of mescal it feels like people want to just complain about shit a little bit more now does that that seem true
1: um again i really don't know like i don't know i exist like i i i you know i'm in oaxaca we i'm yeah. like in the community and That's i'm in my true, office true. it's like jason and i share an office yeah. as you know so we you know we'll complain to each other about other things mm-hmm. but you know we're it's like you know we're just kind of like going and doing our thing so i don't no. really you know we um
0: in the states we i'm really in com- make a mess, yeah right?
1: i mean i'm in i'm in community with um I think a lot of other really amazing brands and and uh, makers, mescaleros, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know the things that that we're concerned about or things that we share about were are like a little bit different, maybe. So
0: yeah,
1: um, I don't.
0: Yeah, there's one maybe one truth that I know about Oaxaca and that it's hard to date there. Now I think that I've heard that <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people. I um, haven't obviously done that because I never lived down there. But so I got one question left for you. And I was just curious how you would answer this. So let, let's say I love Don Celso's Boquero. It's one of my favorite things of all time. Mm-hmm. And if you could drink that with any artist, living or deceased, who might you drink that with?
1: Um, I'm just going to say the first person who comes to mind, because they were uh, uh, a real mentor of mine in college and they passed away mm. um, just a little over a year ago. So... Um, I would say my ex-professor, Lauren Berlant, who was a brilliant, brilliant thinker and whose newest book came out posthumously just recently. So it's called On the Inconvenience of Other People. Oh, And, uh, yeah. Good Um, read? I just started. I just picked it up when I was in Chicago. Um, they were my professor in, um, uh, at the University of Chicago. And so, um... I was staying with friends on the south side and I went to the seminary co-op books shop and I picked up their book and that's why they're on my mind and yeah. did a little you know, walk around campus and, and was-
0: Reminiscing. Yeah,
1: reminiscing, so.
0: I love that. Yeah. Well, hopefully this will be a great memory that we're building tonight. Like I said, full house. We'll see if everybody can fit in here. <laughs> <laughs> turn them away at the door or something. No, I'm kidding. So this can be great. we got six mezcalis. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. It felt rushed, but now it doesn't feel rushed. Now we're going to go in the kitchen and we're going to chop up some cilantro <laughs> and cook some pozole. Sounds great. Perfect. Thanks so much, Nikki. Talk Thanks. soon. Thanks. Well, there we have it. Nikki Nakasawa from Neta Spirits. I love her and Max, the things that Neta is doing out there in La Goche. I remember the day that I spent the day trip, if you will, out to Lacoche sipping Mascales, looking at all the different agave. It's just beautiful and it's different than what I thought it would be. And I'm still rendered relatively jealous because we don't have that kind of agave here in Texas. I'm trying my best to grow it out here in North Texas, but it's a beautiful place, beautiful people, and incredible, incredible spirits. So Nikki, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me and Max I hope I get to sit down and chat with you in person sometime soon so I'm going to be heading to Tucson here at the end of April for the Agave Heritage Festival going to be facilitating a tasting of spirits made in the United States Sotol and Agave both I hope to see you out there last year there's a little bit of antics this year I hope it's more connective and I can't wait to see all you folks out there Emma Jansen a lot of a lot of great folks so Thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much you're enjoying this Kitchen Commando show with Chef Rush, or if you're thinking, I'm going to go see air here in a few minutes, I hope Ben Affleck didn't screw it up. Please keep dancing.